Hello, everyone. This is Giulio Coraggio. I'm the location head of the Italian Intellectual Property and Technology Department here at the law firm DLA Tucker. This is the podcast Diritto al Digitale. And I'm glad to have here as a, as a guest Aldo Lamberti, founder and CEO of Synthetics. We're going to talk in, in English because the topic has so much global interest, uh, but obviously we're both. Uh, Italian. Uh, Aldo, welcome here. Thank you very much, Giulio. Thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here and to talk about this, yeah, very interesting topic indeed. Yeah, I mean, uh, your name of your company is Synthetics, so uh, I assume, I believe that you deal with synthetic data. Uh, we've been uh, talking about synthetic data a lot during the last months with the growth of uh, generative AI, but can you set the picture what synthetic data uh, are and how they can be exploited and by who? Sure, yeah. Yes, obviously the, the hype came with, um, with generative AI and in that sense with, um, with large language models and, and notably with um, was ChatGPT, which is um, like the first application of, um, of GPT, this generative um, pretend transformers. So, um, so yeah, synthetic data in a sense is artificially generated data. Um, so it, it mimics the real world data in a sense. So this is the definition that we go with. Um, and, and in a sense, it, it all started with, um, or it, it also started with generative adversarial networks, which, which is a neural network um, on the machine and deep learning world um, that has been, it has been invented by the, by the guys at, um, at Facebook or Meta nowadays, because they're, um, they were creating a lot of synthetic images at that time. So it had started with images. Um, and since then, so that was seven or eight years ago, I guess, um, since then it has really evolved into all other fields of, um, of data, not only images, but then also um, videos. You probably remember also these deep, deep fakes and deep fake videos a couple of years ago. So that came all along with that. And now we're seeing um, that, it, that synthetic data as such is moving also into other um, data um, data structures, uh, for example, structured data um, or text um, or other type of data. So it really evolved from that into other into other stuff. So the uh, from what I see, uh, see, the usage of synthetic data is twofold. Uh, on the one hand, I want to use the synthetic data because it's uh, AI generated. So. Uh, like uh, I put a prompt in uh, ChatGPT, and rather than writing an article, uh, ChatGPT is gonna write the article for me, or at least a first draft, and uh, it's gonna give me answers. On the other hand, synthetic data uh, is also used um, for uh, for machine learning purposes because uh, uh, AI needs to be trained. And uh, if um, I use um, uh, real data, let's say, uh, there is a new field of uh, copyright issues that might arise, uh, but we can talk about it uh, later on. I mean, uh, where, where do you see at the moment uh, the biggest hype 
on synthetic data, what, what your company is doing, and uh, uh, from your point of view, where are the perspectives? Yeah, well, obviously the, the biggest hype is um, within natural within natural language with, with text, uh, what we see so far, because it has like a more um, a more intrinsic more intrinsic value, and and obviously it's more near to the near to the people. It's more tangible, sort of. Um, when you use um, ChatGPT, it's 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 also for everyday everyday operations, right? As you were saying, you put in a prompt, and then through um, through GPT, through this large language model that has been trained on on almost the whole World Wide Web, um, so it it can help you and it can give you back um some uh, some answers. Um, however, as uh, that's that's one of the um, of the use cases, right? Um, however. Uh, there's also other use cases out there in the world, and, and that's notably when for companies, for um, public, but also um, private organizations uh, where they already have data, um, and they would like to run, as you said, machine learning on it or do advanced analytics on it. But the problems there are are privacy related. In a sense, it goes also like a little bit into the, this copyright and IP and things that you said. Um, so, so there, um, what we do is that based on the real world data that the organizations deal with, but are too sensitive to deal with um, because of GDPR and other stuff, the, um, we help them in creating a synthetic version of it, um, which it's still usable. You can still run machine learning on it or do whatever you want. Um, however, it um, it is at the same time compliant um, with um, with regulations, and so copes with this privacy challenges. Um, so that those are other um, very interesting um, use cases. Yeah, indeed. Because if I'm using, uh, for instance, uh, real images, there will be. Uh, there will be uh, images of real individuals, and there will be potential privacy issues. Uh, if I'm using uh, uh, real images, there might be uh, copyright issues, and then there is a new discussion how uh, the EU copyright tax and data mining exemption might um, uh, exempt uh, probably uh, the applicability of uh, copyright laws uh, to uh, uh, contents uh, generated uh, through this um, uh, kind of um, uh, technology. Uh, so basically, the synthetic data is not a kind of a, a bad copy of the real data, but is uh, generated uh, from the machine. Uh, maybe Aldo, the missing point here is uh, from someone is that uh, it's not that the generative AI is taking bits and bytes from. Um, uh, the um, uh, what is in uh, their background, but is actually generating. So ChatGPT is not uh, just uh, copying pieces of text from the web and uh, um, pasting them in the answer that is provided uh, uh, to us. I is that right? Exactly. Well, well, even there, there are very different neural networks, uh, but they're all in the obviously in the category of deep learning and machine learning. <clears throat> Pardon me. So there are yeah various approaches. So there are um, generative adversarial networks that uh, that really generate um, out of noise new artificial data points. Um, uh, but but 
while maintaining the statistical properties of the real world data, like really they have access to the real world data and they try to mimic that as good as possible. And so that's like a, a big game between uh, between wanting to generate and copying the real world data and trying to understand when this copy really is almost undistinguishable from the real world data. So that's one realm. And the other realm is more like well, what chat what ChatGPT is doing and, and also others is really predicting the next best world uh, word in a sentence, right? Because it has been trained on the whole World Wide Web, it somehow can predict very, very good what the next word should be. And like that, ChatGPT can build sentences, paragraphs, whole blocks and then as we've seen it can also write um yeah whole works and um, and dissertations even so i've already seen um yeah very 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 interesting approaches to that sorry i i i think the key word to understand generative ai is predicting as you said because basically the from what i understand but you are the expert here, uh, the machine is not copying the text that uh, it has in its um, um, uh, deep learning, but it's predicting based on what it learned, uh, what the next word will be, be uh, on, on according to what um, the prompt uh, given to the machine is, um, uh, is about, right? Exactly, yeah. So it, it has been massively trained uh, and that's why these um, these models are so big and have so many parameters and, and the weights because it really has been trained on, on literally um, everything and also code. So that's like the, um, the groundbreaking thing of um, GPT-3 and GPT-3.5 um, was that um, the guys at OpenAI trained their algorithms on, um, on code, on code stuff. Um, from software development. So that was like the groundbreaking thing and, um, and the leap forward. And so actually they predict the next best uh, thing and, and, and they go along. So yeah, um, in a sense, that's the thing. But then the other thing with another neural network is more out of, really out of nothing sort of, out of noise um, to create a, a data point and, and then to see if that data point makes sense. Obviously with that approach, at the beginning, this generated data point makes no sense at all because it's just out of noise, like like almost random sort of. But then the game goes on and it becomes better and becomes better. And then um, all of a sudden this generated data point, whether it's a um, an entry in an Excel spreadsheet or whether it's an image, almost is distinguishable from, from the real world data. So very, yeah. very interesting approaches. Yeah, I mean, you run a, a company specialized in the field of synthetic data. What are uh, the areas of business where you at the moment see uh, the biggest hype on usages on the one end and on demand of usage on the other end? Because uh, you mentioned at the beginning of Facebook, so there is a, a kind of a um, uh, maybe misunderstanding that uh, unless you are a designer or marketing agency, there isn't much you can do with synthetic data. But maybe uh, I'm wrong. I, I believe that potentials are much broader. Sure. No, 
Well, the potential is um, is huge, and it um, literally just started um, to evolve around it. Um, so the fields that that we are in, um, being a Swiss, um, a Swiss company um, out of Switzerland, is um, in the financial service industries and in insurance. Um, and and within there, the challenges are obviously different, but the yeah, the spike the spike around um, data access, so around those challenges. Um, and the and the use cases that we are um, that we are notably um, in it um, is around software testing. So what does that mean? It means that when internally a, a company wants to um, develop a product and wants to launch it really to to their end customers, they need to test it before that, right? And they need to do like a lot of testing to make sure that the application works um, when they when they then launch it to the end customers. So the thing is that the software testers sit there and need to do the software testing, but in most cases they don't get any data because the data owner of the company um, doesn't approve the request because there is GDPR and other regulations, right? Um, and so that's one that's a problem. Or another thing is that um, they actually get access to production data, very sensitive data containing personal identifiable information, and so they really. They really expose all those people to this, um, to real data, which is also a huge challenge. Um, and so we step in and um, and work together with the organizations. Uh, we synthesize first this very sensitive data, uh, very toxic. Uh, we make uh, and we make them available a synthetic sandbox and synthetic environment with with synthetic data, so that they can use that for their software testing while maintaining. While staying complying uh, and maintaining this, um, this really fundamental human right um, of, of privacy. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, your point is uh, uh, really uh, relevant. We've seen uh, during uh, the last uh, uh, years that, uh, unfortunately, uh, companies had to use real data to train uh, their uh, systems, uh, because their answer was, if I don't use real data, I cannot actually test the, the uh, proper usage. And uh, and then uh, uh, as, as lawyers, we're trying to find a legal basis justifying the usage of real data, and um, it might be uh, the legitimate interest uh, because you want to provide a better service, um, um, but it was always a bit stretched. With synthetic data, you're not actually using real data. And for instance, uh, uh, some of the uses, uh, the fields where we use the um, synthetic data is uh, to test the machine that is identifying frauds or is um, testing for insurance companies uh, uh, the, the level of risk. Uh, all this was happening with uh, real data so far. And now there is a new field, and synthetic data might be even more accurate in uh, uh, some uh, cases. Um, there was also uh, some uh, negative publicity about generative uh, uh, AI, but I think that is, I don't know your view, but uh, that is normal when a new technology comes into place. And uh, I see so many potentials for uh, this field to grow. Do you think it's time to regulate or, I mean, my view is that the market is going to regulate and there are already in place some general principles. Um, so 
let's uh, unleash AI and see how uh, market players are gonna find the right fit. I don't know if uh, you uh, concur. Yes, um, I mean that's a um, that's a very good overview about about the whole market because it is new. Yes, um, and obviously it needs it takes time. The the first more advantages are obviously very 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 strong. Um, however, the for for the second layers after then the the questions are. How does it look like the the legal aspect, right? Um, what do the authorities say um, about synthetic data? <clears throat> so we're in constant exchange with um, not only Brussels with the um, European Data Protection Supervisor, which is like the highest enforcement um, and 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 really enforcement um, all, all all the bodies on that. And and the EDPS, um, very interestingly, um, is is calling synthetic data a technical solution to a legal problem and the, and the way to go forward, right? So they already published um, very interesting pieces. They're doing their own research. Um, so they are already giving sort of a green light for synthetic data. However, it's not written down in the law. So there, the, the European Data Protection Board and, and obviously the nation, um, the nation countries um, need to maybe go more in-depth um, in, in, um, in defining maybe a law. Uh, but it's very hard because regulators tend to be tech neutral, technology neutral. So um, we will see how it evolves. Um, we have been we've been here in London last um, last two weeks, and we also were in exchange with with the Financial Conduct Authority, which is the regulator for the financial ecosystem here in the UK, um, and and they're also very very active and innovative um, in pushing synthetic data as a way to go forward. Not the way, so we really need to emphasize it's not the way to go forward, but it's a way to go forward, right? Um, and we'll see how it evolves. It's it's a constant it's a constant exchange with the legislator and the regulator, um, but for now, it seems that um, that yeah, um, there's a a green light for it, and so that's that's uh, going to unleash um, even more use cases and potentials. Yeah, there is a famous quote from. Uh... Andrew NG, and he says that uh, AI is the new electricity in the sense that uh, it's going to be used uh, in any possible field. Uh, I, I do believe it's like that. It's going to happen, uh, for instance, even for legal services. We are using AI in our day to day uh, activities. Uh, and uh, I, I don't agree. We're just at the beginning because uh, if we're talking about Generative AI, I think in October of last year, maybe <laughs> we wouldn't be here because there wasn't too much. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Aldo, thank you for your time. It was a very interesting uh, um, chat, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have opportunities to exchange views in the coming months and years. Thank you.